0: Life's too short. Life's too
1: damn short. So, eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise
0: physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole,
1: MS. You know, we don't often get to speak with someone who's so sharp as they get well into their 90s. And generally, the tales we tell, the stories we do... When we're talking about aging, we talk to the view of the caregiver. We ask them what it's like to tell your aging parent not to drive anymore or that they need to wear a life alert or move to assisted living. And we often on these shows interview docs. We do that all the time on how to begin those discussions or are there meds to slow down the progression of dementia or how do you know if your aging parent is ready for assisted living? We, we interview people about these things all the time, but we don't often hear from the aging parent what it's like to hear these kinds of things. A few years ago, I did a segment with my dad, who was then almost 90 or 91 years old. So here today again, I wanted to do a follow-up, as he's almost 94, and he still works full-time teaching math at Oakton Community College in Des Plaines, Illinois. But this time, I'm not necessarily going to ask him the secrets to living so long, because we did that. But more of what it's like to be that old, to be an old person. This isn't a genealogy lesson, but some of the stories that he's going to tell might seem a little bit like that. So I want to welcome to the show Jerry Cole, born in 1924, and my dad. Hi, Dad. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Mel. How are you doing?
1: I am good. So we're going to get into this a little bit, and I think we're going to have some fun, but it's going to be very interesting along the way. And I want to start my first question is, what do you think is the most difficult and or the most rewarding things about growing older?
0: That's a good good question. Uh, the most rewarding thing, obviously, is being able to see the results of your life. Um uh, I see my kids and my grandkids and uh, the things that I've done. Uh, I don't have too many regrets about my life, uh, and that's good. That's that's the way I look at things. If you're talking about the difficulties of getting older, uh, they're there, certainly. Uh, my My major life change over the last few years has been I do things more slowly. Uh, I used to hop into this and hop into that. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I take my time. I'm not in a hurry. I don't have I don't have a tight schedule that I have to keep except getting to work in the morning. And I am not afraid to sit down and rest for a while if that's what I feel like doing.
1: That's, that's... been
0: the main that's been the main thing really.
1: Uh, You know, and that's something I've noticed about you is that you used to be like, I don't have to sit or I don't have time. But more recently, I've noticed that you have agreed to sit or said, you know what, I'm going to stop for a minute and take a rest. And you never used to do that.
0: Well, there are a couple of things that uh, affect it. Uh, uh, One, of course, is uh, my general health. I, I do have some stenosis. And as a result, I can't keep going the way I used to. <laughs> what I find mostly is not that I can't do the things, but I can't do them as quickly and I can't do them for as long.
1: So that is something that probably many people feel now. Do you, you, you're mentioning your physical self, but what about your mental self, Dad? Do you feel the same if you think of yourself in your own mind as when you were 50 or 35 or 20? Are there differences to how you view what you think about?
0: I have tried not to. Um, I have an idea that as I grow a little older and uh, uh, I know that my uh, reactions are not going to be as swift or as accurate. Uh, I'm not talking about my physicals now. I'm talking about mental, which is your question. And I have to think about things sometimes before I say them, but I don't see any change in my ability to be passionate about a uh, 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 situation that I was passionate about uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago.
1: Do you feel like you are, you say you're passionate, you know, you can be the same kind of passionate, but the world has changed so much since 1924. It's incredible, the changes. So do you feel that your passions kind of, that we're all still sort of cycling along, whether it's the political climate of now or the political climate of the Great Depression or World War II or Vietnam or Korea or any of those things that you saw, do you feel the same maybe angst or anxiety or hopefulness about what's going on in the world today?
0: Uh, Yeah, I would say that it's pretty much the same. I have found that uh, when I argue with people about what's going on in the world uh, from a political standpoint, uh, my political views haven't changed through the years. I've always uh, uh, felt that I kept up with what was going on. during the uh, well, during the Second World War, of course, I was in the army, and our slogan in the army was uh, "Don't talk about the war to me." I joined the army to get away from it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but during the uh, Vietnamese War, uh, I had a friend that I had lunch with quite frequently, and we discussed these things—the uh, uh, whys and the wherefores—and what did we think about them, and. Uh, I haven't changed those ideas. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Uh, That's pretty much the way I feel, that I am acting. Whether, in fact, I am acting like that is something only other people can tell me.
1: Really good answer. And just really quickly, while we're on World War II, because I told some people I would ask you, just tell a quick story about how you knew General Eisenhower or how you worked with him when you were in the Army.
0: Well, I didn't work with him. I worked for him. And uh, I ran a a communications station from Eisenhower's headquarters in uh, Germany back into the Pentagon. And my job was to keep that thing running. uh, Because you never know when there was a time when he needed to talk to somebody in the Pentagon or vice versa. And my job was to see that what he wanted to say got through. Uh, I think I did it reasonably well because I was never told that I did something wrong. Uh, There were times when we had to improvise, and that was when we had the most fun.
1: And you had to keep him out of a room once or something.
0: No, I didn't have to. This was uh, in the uh, NSA museum. There's a piece of equipment called Sig Sally, which was a coding device that the Army, Army used at that time. And that was separate from us. All we did was to take a a radio signal from Sig Sally and put it on the air and send it back to the um, Pentagon. And it was he who tried to get into Sig Sally. And (laughs) one time, I guess, the sergeant in charge uh, was busy. And um, when he came to the door, uh, he wouldn't let him in. And, uh, you know, he knew he was. There wasn't any problem with that. But these people, and us, didn't report to him. We reported to the Pentagon. We were a detachment. We were not part of any uh, uh, army group or any of that thing of that nature, and um, we didn't take orders from anybody except the Pentagon. Our relationship with Eisenhower was beautiful. He used to come in and visit with us, and uh, we enjoyed talking to him. he treated us very well i was uh, i was very pleased with what he did i'm not so sure i liked him that all that much when he became president but he was a yeah.
1: good guy which is so interesting that you can say that you you know had known a, a guy before he was president and how interesting that is so so back to your sort of aging for a minute here when you if you were to tell a person in their 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s what you want them to know about once you're in your 90s and well into your 90s what would you like them to know about something they should think about in their 20s or 30s or anywhere around there
0: what well, I, I don't think i quite understand where you're where you're going with this one uh when i talk to people about uh how to live their lives or anything of that nature i try not to be Uh, dogmatic. I don't want to tell anybody that. Uh, Everybody has to go through their periods of of doing things right and other periods where they make mistakes. I've made mistakes in my life, I'm sure. And some of them uh, I look back on and say what if. But uh, as, as a general rule the fact that I say what if, I can't do anything about it anyhow. So why should I worry about it?
1: Isn't that your biggest secret to, you know, and this is what I tell everybody when they say, oh, and your dad and how, you know, he lives so long and, you know, he doesn't really love exercise and you pretty much eat everything you want. And, you know, it's Not anymore, you- by the way. Yeah, no, I know.
0: Things, one of the things that happen as you grow older is that your digestive system doesn't operate the same. And there are things that I can't eat that I would like to eat. Um, So I avoid them. I don't, some of them I miss, some of them I don't miss. Uh, I don't make a big deal out of it. That's the, I think that probably is the attitude that I've always taken. If it's not a big deal, don't make a big deal out of it.
1: What does it feel like when me, for example, starts to question your driving or when I send my son out to the driveway to walk you into the house? Does it I mean is it is it humiliating or a humbling or do you say well you know what it's not such a bad idea that it's snowy out slippery what do you think about that
0: Mostly I take it with a with a grain of salt um no pun intended of course
1: Oh I get um, it now <laughs> I That was good I don't I, <laughs> I, don't,
0: object. I don't object to it um Sometimes I kind of smile when it happens and say, uh, yeah, all right, so if he wants to walk me out to the car, let him walk me out to the car. I don't think he particularly wants to, but his mother wants him to, so let him do it. What difference does it make? It doesn't hurt me to have him uh, kind of ho- hovering over my arm in case I slip. And uh, if it helps, wonderful. If it helps, uh, Uh, Me, that's great. If it helps him, that's fine. If it helps his mother, that's all right, too.
1: So you don't really find it annoying, but except for bringing the road salt into my house, that was definitely, (laughs) I'm still vacuuming that kind of stuff (laughs) up. But I mean, like, you know, as far as how people treat you out in the world, people don't treat you the way they might treat another older person because you don't look as old as some people that are 10, 20 years younger than you are so you may not that get that
0: that that's one of the good things about uh, uh my my physical life is that my whole family uh always looked younger than they were and as a result when i tell people uh, and i don't tell them very often but uh when i tell people that i'm not as young as they think i am uh they they seem surprised and uh, i guess physically it, that's fine as long as I can maintain my mental health, this as you grow older, this is the one thing that most people and myself included uh, are concerned about. Uh, I think about the fact I drive a lot, and uh, I think I'm a relatively good driver. What happens when I can't do that anymore? This disturbs me, and uh, I don't have a solution for it. I'll wait till it happens, and when it happens I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it.
1: So you're not thinking of like making plans ahead, because they always say that if you have aging parents, we're the ones supposed to be making the plans ahead for when those kind of things happen to you. But since you're so sharp, are you th- you're not really thinking, what will I do when it comes to that time?
0: I don't think about what will I do. I think about the fact that certainly uh, I will reach a point where uh, uh, that will become an issue. I'm, I'm sure it will. Uh, but I'm not looking forward to it uh, with either trepidation or uh, uh, concern. Uh, When it happens, it will happen. Uh, If it happens, I hope it doesn't. Uh, An awful lot of people go through life without uh, any serious mental impairment. Uh, I've been lucky all my life in, in, in a lot of things. I hope I'll be lucky in that, too.
1: What would you say, Dad, are the major principles that you live by? What do you feel are your most important character traits?
0: The idea that I have in my mind for my life is that if I can help other people recognize that they are part of me, I am part of them, and they have to accept me for what I am, I hope that I'm doing the right thing. One of the things that you do start to wonder about as you get older is, are you doing the right thing? Do you actually help people by thinking that you're helping them? Um, It's hard to put into words, but uh, looking about your son is helping me down the steps. Does he think he's doing the right thing? Uh, Probably. Uh, But as you get older, you wonder. What's what's right and what's wrong? This is the, the question for the ages. This is something that uh, uh, philosophers have been working on for forever, as long as we've been able to talk. What is What is right? And I try to do what I think is right. I make mistakes like everybody else does, but this is my aim in life, is to do what's right and to think that way.
1: Do you feel you always thought that way when you were 20? I mean, did you, were you, we hear about the kids in the 60s and the hippies and now the resistance and all of these things. Do you feel that when you were in your 20s, you questioned all the answers? You questioned the establishment, your olders, any of that stuff?
0: I questioned myself almost not at all. And (laughs) not because I was egotistical, but because it never even occurred to me. Uh, If I thought it was right, that's the path I followed. Um, During the uh, uprisings of the 60s and the 70s, I took a stand. I thought the stand was right, and that's what I did. I tried to steer my energies where I thought I could do some good. And uh, in some cases, I did. Uh, I worked for six or seven years with the school board uh, and... and, uh, at Nutrier. Um, I hopefully did some good for the school, maybe for the kids going there. But I devoted a tremendous amount of time to that. And I don't think I was any the worse for it. Uh, Maybe it interfered with my social life. I don't know. You'd have to ask ask your mother about that one. Of course, she's not around to do that anymore.
1: Well, right now you're doing kind of the same thing. You're making these college students you know, you're helping them get through so that then they can carry it forward and start a career in nursing or in math or whatever it is, and you go there every day. Do you, I mean, obviously this helps keep your brain active and it helps keep you getting up in the morning because so many people in your age group sleep until noon and they don't have anything they have to really get up for. So do you feel like this kind of makes you... Get up, and these kids are expecting you, and they're counting on you.
0: I have found over the last couple of weeks while I was not feeling well, when I didn't have to get up in the morning, I'm on vacation, Uh, I didn't have to get up in the morning, and I find that I uh, I can't handle too many days in a row. 10, 12 days of not having something to do bothers me. So I, I guess somewhere in the back of my mind there is a, a, a an idea that says get up get out get out get get yourself back into the world don't hide don't hide in your bedroom yes it's very comfortable I get under the covers it's nice and warm I turn on the television and I rant and rave at the uh, uh, political uh, discussions that are going on some I like some I don't like. But I don't uh, uh, I don't like not doing things. I have to get up and, and do it. So getting up in the morning, yeah, I don't like getting up in the morning. I don't know how many people do, but I want to do it. I want to do it because I know that at the end of the day, I will have accomplished something.
1: So speaking of the young people that you work with, what new technology have you found most helpful in your life? recently or back in the 50s or 60s and which do you find to be most annoying
0: Okay the I think the things that have uh, affected what I do more than anything else is that the young people are much more dependent on the technology that exists today the everything is now turning to computer-directed this and, and calculated-directed that. And um, I think it hurts their development in the sense that they stop using their brain. They want to multiply two times four. They pick up a calculator and they multiply two times four.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, this, this is not good. They shouldn't have to do that. Uh, I I I try to get them to stop it, but I, I, I don't overdo it I know I won't be successful. They will do what they want to do. So far as uh, the the additions that technology has made in my business, uh, half of the classes that we have at uh, Oakton, uh, we don't even have a teacher. The classes are run on the computer. You operate at your own speed. They're good or bad as you see fit there are ways of cheating those like there is any other um, I'm not sure that that's good but it is it is what it is and I have to accept the fact that students will come to me and, and say why isn't there somebody around that can explain this to me rather than say just do this don't ask for an explanation um, I think that's wrong I think it inhibits their their uh to push themselves and try to learn what actually is going on rather than how to do it. Um, I, my, I maintain that most of the schools today are trade schools. Uh, used to be when I was in school, uh, we tried to get an education. We tried to find out a little bit of everything. Today the students are, are directed this is what they want to do. They want to become a nurse, or they want to become a uh, an engineer, or they want to become uh, a, a physical therapist. Whatever it is, they have a good idea what they want to do, and that's their direction. And if you ask some of these students uh, what happened in uh, in Chicago yesterday when there was a big rhuhaad going on downtown, they don't even know about it. They don't. It doesn't affect them. I think their their ability to live their lives uh, is being inhibited because they are too self-directed. Uh, too directed. They're on too narrow a path.
1: That's really interesting because I do hear from my own kids. Oh, what do I have to learn this for, especially your chosen field in mathematics? You know, uh, I'm not going to need this. I can use a calculator, as you say. Or my phone will answer the question if I Google it. And why do I need to know math? We don't even balance checkbooks anymore, and you know I don't have to add things up at the store. Cause I, so I get that where where you're going with that because it is it is true, and they don't want to know history a lot of times. So these kinds of things are certainly. So now let's get into just a little bit of the some deeper kind of things as we wrap up the segment here. Are you scared of dying at ninety four years old? What do you envision? How that's going to go down?
0: That's it. that's it. This is exactly what I say. I, I don't. I'm not a, afraid of dying, uh, but I would like to live for a while longer just to see what's going on, what's happening in the world, what's happening in my family, what's happening uh, uh, in my city, uh, wherever it is. There are certain things that are. Fluid in our lives; uh, it changes from day to day, and uh, I hate to think that someday I won't know anymore what's going on. That is the only real fear that I have. I hope that uh, my my social and financial arrangements uh, won't cause anybody any trouble after I uh, after I die. Uh, I'm going to. I know I am. Uh, I'm not one of those people who thinks she's going to live forever. I'd like to think that I'm going to live for a while longer. I'm in relatively good health at the moment. And uh, just talking to you, although I do ramble, uh, I I seem to be able to maintain a a certain degree of mental capability that allows me to uh, live a life. I don't want to stop living. I don't want to... I don't want to find myself in a situation where I'm being kept alive by um, artificial means. It doesn't make any sense to me. If I don't know what's going on, what's the purpose? What what, what, what does my life have to give to anyone if all I can do is exist?
1: And therein lies my role. Think, yeah. My know, role as is your can... healthcare advocate, you know, and your and your healthcare power of attorney, that would be my role to decide when it's time to, you know, right,
0: exactly, and uh, you know, life is life is short. Uh, we only have a few years. Yeah, it's getting longer for for most people. Um, by the way, it's longer in Norway than it is in the U.S., but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. Uh, Uh, the idea here is that life is good uh, as long as you can make contributions.
1: How would you like to be remembered?
0: I think probably as a person who cared about other people and cared about uh, causes and didn't care particularly about things. You know, I, I, I don't want my was uh uh cute or anything like that uh, I want them to remember the hugs that I give them
1: nice answer other and other since that, you do, no go on
0: sorry I lost you
1: that's okay go on
0: that's it it's it's, it's that easy i don't uh i i I didn't make any great contribution to mankind during my life, but if I've affected some people and affected their lives uh that's what I want to be remembered for.
1: Well, you did have six kids and 10 grandkids, so you certainly have affected plenty of people that way, plus school. Now we're going to wrap up with your best advice, and now you can give us your living into your 90s best advice. Give us a few tips, Dad, of what you want to tell people about how to get to the age that you are. And be as mentally and physically sound as you are. How did you get there? And what do you want to tell those rest of us that are saying, "God, how did he do that?"
0: I think we went into this in the last, uh, in the last. We interview.
1: did, but now you're a little and, bit older. And, and, so and I, I, do it again. I'm a little
0: older, but it, it hasn't changed anything. You have to keep active, both mentally and physically. Uh, a sense of humor is, is uh, absolute. You have to have one. Uh, you have to have somebody to love. You have to have a reason for living. And don't sweat the small stuff. Don't don't get don't let your heart start beating rapidly because uh, uh, somebody looked at you the wrong way or because uh, you got splashed by a car that was going by. These are not important things in life. Uh, As you get a little older than I am when I was last time I talked to you about this, uh, you have to do things a little slower. You have to be a little more careful when you're walking on ice because when you're you're 20 and you fall, you get up and you go about your business. When you're 90 and you fall, you end up in a hospital with a busted hip and, and then you can't even get out or do anything, and and, uh, I've seen too many of my peers who uh, just, they weren't careful enough. Now, if you start being so careful that you don't move around, you've lost your reason for being altogether, but there is a a balance that you have to achieve between that. I don't mind people doing things for me. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm reminded of a brother-in-law that I had who came home from a trip and I offered to carry his uh, suitcase upstairs. He was 90 at the time and he said, no, I'll do it, that's that's my job. Uh, I don't do that anymore. If somebody wants to carry my suitcase, God love them, let them carry it. Uh, if I have to go downtown to see a play or to uh, go to a, a fair of some sort and somebody says, I'll drive, I say, okay, that's fine, I don't have to drive downtown. My feeling is that at this point, I don't have anything further to prove. You know, if somebody wants to help me with something, that's fine. I have no problem with it. I may have appeared to joke about it or something of that nature, but it doesn't bother me anymore.
1: So that's really the secret, isn't it? Is that you can't let things bother you. You can't worry. You've got to let things roll off. Yes, I mean, that's what you seem to have always been able to that's do what I'm so saying. well.
0: Yes, that's very, much, but that's very much what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that I'm not passionate about things. Certain things I am passionate about, and I I hope I will continue to be uh, until I die. But I can't let that interfere with
1: my life. Well, that's a great place for us to end it, and I want to tell you that I want to do this again. Like in another couple of years, when you're 97 or 98, we will do this again. So... Thanks for being on and being so candid and coming straight forward with some of these a little bit tougher questions that somebody else in your age group might not have wanted to really answer. So thank you so much. And if people want to, they can subscribe on iTunes. They can listen to us on iHeartRadio. Of course, we want you to listen to us on RadioMD.com. But you can like and rate and review on all those other aggregates. Tune in, Stitcher, wherever you want to listen to it. But thank you so much, Dad, for being with us today. This is Melanie Cole for RadioMD. Stay well. Oh, and by the way, life is too short.